Okay, so... Okay, it sounds funny, you have to start getting ready for Tisha B'Av, but it is true, you have to start getting ready for Tisha B'Av. And uh, either way, either, either we're fasting or we're celebrating a Yantif, either way you have to get ready for Tisha B'Av. And either way, Tisha B'Av is about Gula and about Mashiach. You know, everyone knows that the Rambam established 13, uh, 13 principles of faith. And one of them is to believe in the concept of Mashiach, the concept of Gula. And uh, it's well known, the Rambam, he didn't use these words per se, but it, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was developed off of the Rambam, that a person has to believe in Mashiach, we believe in Mashiach. Even though it takes a long time, despite the length of time, I still hope for Mashiach, I still wait for Mashiach. The Rambam himself writes, when he uh, formulated the 13 principles, that not only does one have to believe in the concept of Geula and Mashiach in order to be considered a, uh, uh, a religious Jew, the Rambam says that part of, part of, part of, the, person, uh, part of the belief is that you have to be hopeful for it, you have to anticipate its coming. So this idea of of Mashiach coming as soon as possible, you know, it could be any second. So we know that in the language of, of Chazal, it's based on a Pasuk in Navi. Let's give you a little background, then we'll begin to talk. So there's a Pasuk in Navi which describes the coming of Mashiach as Bi'it Achishana. Bi'it Achishana, simply translated, Bi'it Achishana, in its time, I will hasten it. So obviously, uh, it's a conflict in terms. Is it in its right time or not? So the way Chazal interpreted it is as follows, that there is a predestined time that the Rabbanu Shalom from the beginning of time, from creation itself, ordained. This is going to be the moment of Gula. There's a Be'ita. There is a moment of when Mashiach is supposed to come. And no matter what happens, that's going to take place. That's called Be'ita. But Chazal say, Achishana means, Imzochu, the Yisraelur Zaycha, simply, I guess, from the time that we're little, it meant if we're all whole, we do mitzvahs, and, and so on. So, achishana. So, there's an Indian that, that, that Mashiach can come early. Okay. So, there's bita, there's a predestined time for Mashiach to come, if we're not zaycha. But if we are zaycha, then it's achishana that could come early. Okay. That's a type of, that's an idea that, we know, that we're familiar with. Fine. Now, a childish way of thinking about Mashiach, and thinking about Golis Bechlal, uh, it would be the following thing. If everyone's a good boy and girl, so we have a base of Mikdash, everything's fine. We're bad boys and girls. So Hashem throws us into exile, which is one big punishment. And uh, Hashem is just uh, waiting for us to do tshuva and to become good boys and girls again. And so, for whatever reason, Hashem and His compassion decided that this punishment that's called Gullus is only going to last a certain amount of time. At some point, Mashiach is going to come, whether we like it or not, whether we deserve it or not. But if we're good boys and girls, Hashem will make it early. It's just like a reward type of thing. So it's coming at some point, because Hashem, you know, the plan, the plan is for Mashiach to come. But if we're Zaych, if we do mitzvahs, then like everything in life, we do good things, Hashem gives us good things. So Mashiach will come early. That's a childish, uh, you know, underdeveloped way of thinking about Geula, thinking about Mashiach. Let's understand. And the, and, and when we, uh, the next couple minutes, when I describe, when I explain a little bit of what, what the coming of Mashiach means and what does it take for that to happen, then this idea of Mashiach coming early is a pella. It, it, it's, it's a very difficult, so a very difficult concept to understand. How is it possible for Mashiach to come early? Again, when we talk about Mashiach, so if Mashiach is just a gift, it's like, okay, you know, people need Parnassah, they need health, so we need Mashiach. So it's a gift that Rabbanu can give. When does he want to give it? He gives whatever he wants. So if we're not Zaycha, he has a certain time when he's going to give it. If we're Zaycha, Hashem gives it early. It's if it's just a Matana Min HaShemayim. 
That's not the. That's not what Gula is. The, the coming of Mashiach, the way to the way to conceptualize it is in the following way. Mashiach ushers us into an entirely new chapter of world history. Mashiach is not the end, right? Like a Mashiach comes, okay, then everyone just sits back and we just do nothing. Mashiach is the beginning of a new chapter. A chapter that's called Yomaisi Mashiach, which has its own avodah. And then even Yomaisi Mashiach is really just a doorway and a, and a hallway into another chapter that's called Olam Haba, Tchiyas Amesim. And, you know, the rule is, the way it works is when you're reading a book or something, to get to chapter two, you have to finish chapter one. So the, I, what, what is this idea of a chlub that there's such a thing as like a predestined time? Hashem decided there's going to be a certain day, a certain moment in world history, that's the beat. that's when Mashiach is supposed to come. If Mashiach is just a gift, and it's something that, you do, that, that Hashem uh, just uh, in His kindness wants to give you, like Parnasa, then what does it mean that like, it for sure has to happen at this point? The answer is, is that every single moment in time Every single moment in time, like I mentioned this, I've mentioned this many times, is that we say in davening, every single, every single moment, the Rabbanu Shalom is recreating the world. Every single moment of, of life and of world history shouldn't just be seen as, okay, the same basic world, just, you know, second number one, or second number two, second number three. Every single second of world history is a new page in that chapter that's called world history. And the Rabbanu Shalom made it in such a way that, and there's, there's a language that the Mekubalim used, but for our simple purposes, every single page of history, which means every single moment in time, has a particular avayda, has a particular, what the Mekubalim used, a language of a spark of elokus, a spark of divine presence that needs to be uplifted. Right? There's an idea that's far, we're talking about this, that, that throughout a person's life, the, 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 the job of a Jew is to be malini tzitzah to raise up sparks of holiness. As if you're going through the world and there's like a, a heap of ash, and in there there's like a spark, you have to find it. That's, that's a language that the Mekubalim use. And the meaning of that is, is that every single moment in time and every single experience that we have is by its very definition um, mixed up with, it has unbelievable potential for something holy, for something to be accomplished, for something good to come of that moment, but it's untapped potential. And very often, it's not just untapped potential, it's all mixed up with all sorts of uh, possibilities for negative experiences. And the job of a Jew is to go through, is to, avoid as Hashem means, to, to get, you know, to get to, you know the, the, whatever page of that book of history, of your life and the world, and the world history that you're up to, is to perform that avayda, to, to find that spark. To find God's presence in that particular moment, whether that particular moment means to daven, whether it means to give tzedakah, whether it means to say a kind word, whether it means not to do an avera, whatever the avoid of that moment is, whatever that avoid is, that means that's, that's something that there's a spark of God's presence that's dormant until you come and raise it. And when you, when, when, when you do your job, then you move on to the next page. And at some point when all the pages are finished of chapter one, then you can move on to chapter two. So what does it mean, what, what is this idea that Mashiach, there's a be'ita, there's a particular moment when Mashiach has to come. That's the moment when all the pages of chapter 1 are finished. And you, you, you can't rush things. You know, we don't have an ability to make time go quicker for ourselves in such a way. So you have to go through each moment. And by the way, and if there's a page of life that a person, let's say, passed by without doing that avayda, then there's such a thing that's called tshuva. 
And tshuva means not just Hashem forgives you. Tshuva means that on a, on a spiritual level, I've spoken about this a number of times as well other, in other situations, that on a spiritual level, your neshama literally returns to that page and performs its avoided. Like I mentioned this once, that from, according to Rashash, there are, there's different kavanas that a person has, different meditations, different divine names to think about when you perform different mitzvahs. So according to the Rashash, if a person, let's say, let's say for example, uh, had an opportunity to do a mitzvah and didn't, and two years later, they're doing tshuva on that moment, the Rashash said that when you do tshuva for that, for that lost opportunity two years later, then you have a kavana for that mitzvah that you didn't do two years ago. Because it's not the pshat that you're just saying, I'm sorry, and Hashem says, okay, I won't punish you. No, it means, it means the Rabbanu Shalom is saying, okay, you, you, do the, you go through the process of halachic tshuva, the Rabbanu Shalom now gives you a time machine, and he, and, he, and he gives you access to that page, which on a human level, you, you can't go back to that page anymore on a physical level than two years ago. But spiritually speaking, you go back to that page, and, and you're able to fix it. But this is what life is. Every single Jew, and, every, and collectively, individually, we go from page to page, redeeming and raising up these sparks. And when all the sparks are raised up, Either, and a spark can be raised, again, by doing the mitzvah properly, by doing, if an, and if an opportunity is missed, doing tshuva, or God forbid a person going through punishment, that's also, that's also a way of raising up that spark, that's not for now how that works, but it's also a process through which the spark can be raised of that particular page. But however the process is, the page is accomplished, you move on to the next page, all the pages are done, that's the end of chapter one. And that's what it means, the coming of Mashiach. Coming of Mashiach means, okay, you finished your Avaidah of Golas. All the pages of Golas have been, have been read through, and they've been accomplished. Now you move on to the next period. The next chapter is called the Yomites of Mashiach. That's called Be'ita. Mashiach is not just this gift that's waiting, that's dangling like uh, Parnassah. That's the, that's the reality. The reality is, chapter 1 leads to chapter 2. So that's what Be'ita means. But now the question is, one second, so if that's what Be'ita means, then how is it at all possible for Mashiach to come any earlier than that? For Mashiach to come any earlier than that, that means that you're skipping pages. And that means that the experience of Gula and, 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 and your understanding and appreciation of chapter 2 is going to be limited by the fact that you didn't finish everything in chapter 1. So again, if Mashiach is again just like a gift that's, hang, that's hanging and dangling in front of us, okay, fine, so whenever it comes, it comes. But when we understand what Mashiach is and what Gula means, then, and, and, which is why there's such a thing as Mashiach having a predestined time, because it means at that point all the, chap- all the pages of chapter 1 are done, then what does it mean, Achishan? What does it mean early? So this is a question if, uh, of those that have good memories. A few months ago by Yashal Shudas, I mentioned this question. That's the specific time. That's the specific time. But that point in time is because all the pages of Golis are finished at that time. So how could it be early? So I mentioned, so I'll, I'll chazer over quickly what I mentioned in that Shal Shudas, and then we'll spend, the, the, not the rest of the night, but uh, the re- you know, until Meyer, let's put it that way, uh, and next week to expand and to explain. So we're not going to get to the bottom of the sugya tonight, but at least we'll begin tonight, and Bezer Shem next week we'll be able to hopefully get to the bottom of it to whatever degree possible. So I mentioned like this, Chazal says such a language that, you know, there's different times, different kufas, where it's more mesugal, so to speak, for the coming of Mashiach. Chazal says such a lashon that... Ben David, that Mashiach comes the year after Shemitah, which is this year. Right? Last year was Shemitah, this year is after Shemitah. So, it's a Masogel Dekha time for Mashiach to come. Now, every, every single thing that we find in Chazal, statements like that, they're not just predictions, they're Avaidah. 
In other words, whatever the year is, even if it's not a, a year after Shemitah, there's an Avoida that's called a Shemitah Deka Avoida, and after a person embraces a Shemitah Deka Avoida, then Mashiach can come. So what is this Indian of Mashiach being dependent on having gone through a Shemitah? What is it about Shemitah that's associated with Mashiach? So, yeah, so it's like, you don't have this in front of you, but just uh, listen. In Parshish Bahar, when the Torah talks about the Parsha of Shemitah, so the Torah says like this, it says in Pasuk that in the seventh year, the farmer shouldn't work and so on, and uh, Pasuk says, and, 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 and you know, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, that, that you'll do this, and the Rebbe says, it'll be good for you, the land will be protected, it'll be fine. So it says like this, Vinasna it's period, the land will give its produce, you'll eat, you'll be satisfied, you'll sit with, 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 at peace, everything will be fine, you keep Shemitah, it's going to be fine. Then the Pasuk says like this, and if you're going to ask, so you're going to ask, what am I going to eat in the seventh year? I'm a farmer, I'm not, not working my field, so what am I going to eat in the seventh year? I'm not, I'm not plowing, I'm not planting, I'm not gathering my crops. What am I going to eat in the seventh year? So Hashem says, don't worry. The answer says, Hashem, I'll take care of it. I'll give a special bracha in the sixth year. The sixth year will produce enough crops for the sixth year, for the seventh, and the eighth. Because by the eighth year comes, you're going to be busy working the land, you're not going to have any produce. So the sixth year will have the sixth year's produce, seventh and eighth, and it'll be fine. That's what the Pasuk says. So before she asked the obvious question, first of all, B'chalal, where, why is Rabbi Shalom anticipating such a question? So why is Rabbi Shalom anticipating us having a kasha? How can we handle the mitzvah of Shviz? But more than that, right before that, the Pasuk already said, Hashem said, the land will give its produce, you'll eat, you'll be satisfied, and I'll take care of things. And then, and then if you're going to ask, what are we going to eat in the seventh year? I, mean, I just told you, everything's going to be fine. So what's the Pasuk talking about? So Zavart um, from Rav Leibla Eger. You find this in other Svarim too. Rav Leibla Eger says the following thing. I think that's the one I quoted it from by that uh, Shal Shudas. So he says like this. The question that, 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 is, that, that the Torah is anticipating is not a question of what are we going to eat. The Torah is already, first of all, uh, the brother Shalom has, uh, you, know, he, 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 uh, you know, he expects more of us than, just, than to ask that type of question. And he already said it. he's going to give us pairs. So that's not the question. The question is, well, what about the Nitzutze Kedusha? What about the sparks of holiness that would have been produced by those fruits of the seventh year? In other words, every, like I said, every single experience in life is another page, is another piece of this, of the, of, of this world that you need to, uh, to raise up a spark, to, to, bring, to actualize a potential. And so every single time a farmer works his field, that's also an avayda. And there's sparks being raised and being elevated and potential being actualized in Ruchnius in that moment. And then when he, take, when he puts all of his hard effort in to land and so on, and he takes it out and makes a shock on the, on the, uh, eats on the apple. So that's also raising a spark. So the question is not what are we going to eat. We know what we're going to eat. The question is what about the avoid of, of all the Paris of the seventh year? That's the question. Can you ask you a question about like, non-kosher <coughs> or anything else? About so non-kosher is also, but that's, uh, we've spoken about that other times as well. And that is a question, how... How are those sparks raised from situation, from things that we don't have contact with or we're not allowed to have contact with? That's a good question. But uh, for these purposes, that's the question earlier because the seventh year's produce is something that they would have a shaykhist to and, they, and, 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 and normally they would. But now all of a sudden we're not going to be allowed to. So how could we raise it up? So to that, the Rabbanishim is giving an answer, a chiddush, which is 
that the, that the sixth year's Paris, it, every that somehow the you know magically when it comes to the mitzvah of shemitah, something new happens, which is that sparks of kedusha that are in future pages that have not yet come to be, somehow miraculously are able to be brought early. They're able to be brought early. And says the Pasik, in the sixth year, you're going to have Paris of the sixth, of the seventh, and of the eighth. It doesn't mean just the amount of fruit. It means whatever Nitzutze Kedusha, whatever sparks of holiness that would have been, and that are in the seventh year, untapped, and in the eighth year, it comes early in the sixth year. And when you eat the Mekah eights on an apple the sixth year, that's not just an apple the sixth year, that's an apple the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth. And so when it comes to, so that, that, and that's what the Pasuk is saying, that's the bracha of the Rabbanu Shalom, that there's things that are going to be brought early. <clears throat> so based on this, what we see from Shvius is this potential, that there is such a, 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 a possibility of, even though the way, the, the normal way we have it, and when I say Teva, I, just don't, I don't just mean physical nature, I mean even in, even Ruchni is in nature. That Ruchni is in nature dictates that this moment is page, this page, and the next moment is another page, and you can't skip, and you can't do it early. Comes the Mitzvah Shemitah's Megala side, reveals a secret, that there is such a thing as, as what has to be done later on, actually to be given, and, to, and, to, and, 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 and there's potential for it to be done earlier. This is why Ben David comes with Matzai Shviz. Because the secret of Shemitah is not just for Paris, but the secret of Shemitah is the secret of Achishana. That something that has a Be'ita, that Be'ita can be accomplished also Achishan. And so, so this is what we're going to try to figure out a little bit tonight and more next week. So, so the Bereshom is Megalavis, it's a Chiddush when it comes to Shemitah. Fine, such a thing is possible with the Paris of Shemitah. The question is for us, Derech Avaidah. Because if we want Mashiach to come, Achishana, which is what we, what we want, we don't want to wait for Pi'ita, so that means that we have to somehow figure out in our Hashem how to make our Avodah Hashem Shemitah If we can make our Avodah Hashem Shemitah it means that we can make pages that have yet to come, bring them early. And if, you, if those pages come earlier, then, you know, you're speed reading and it goes quick, and then Mashiach can come, Pi'ita, Achishana. Pi'ita, Achishana, and that's the simple Pshat and Pasuk. In other words, it started off with, okay, a Pasuk, it comes in its right time early. So what does it mean? Is, is it the right time or is it early? Which one is it? The answer is, uh, in Pneumius, uh, both. Both. Achishana is not... It, it, it's Be'it Achishana. It's Be'it Achishana. It's the right time early. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Yeah. And that's why it wasn't a ghoulish lame. So is that possibly... So that's what we're going to try to... That's what we're going to try to figure out. How do we do it in such a way where it'll, it'll be... Uh, I mean, but the the is there, so. Yes, we have to see. We got to. The Yachshana here is remarkable. The, the longest one I'm standing is that it happened in 60 wives and months. If, if the Nitzayi's Kedusha are all harnessed earlier ahead of time and to be extracted in the sixth year, that basically you're taking out all those avoidances. No. Why is it Matzah Shat Matzah Why shouldn't it be Erev? Once a person. Erev The point, Shviyas is just the example. In other words, once we, when we process the, the Indian of Shviyas, and we apply it to our lives, that will produce a Mashiach early. Once you go through a Shemitah, and as you, you integrate within your Avaidah what Shemitah means, I'm not talking about fruit, I'm saying but you integrate what Shemitah means, and you apply uh, that, the then, you'll, right, then you'll get Mashiach. Okay, so let, let's, let's go back, let's, let's begin. So you have the Marmot comes in front of you. So, 
as far as I know, in the Kisviri, I don't, I'm not familiar with any place that the Rizal specifically or you know, clearly talks about this Indian, but there is one place where he at least hints to it, and so let's read it together. We're not going to be able to, to figure it all out tonight for sure, but again, we'll begin, we'll begin. Okay, so this is from Shar Kavonis in the section on Krishna. Okay, so we're not going to be able to understand uh, some of this, okay, but we'll do what we can. It's good that the, the, tonight's already Rishchai Deshav, right? So, uh, so uh, the Rizal's yard site is, uh, is Hayav, so it should be as close. So the Rizal says like this. Again, just the words. We know that we, you know, we say in Sukkis that, that uh, we daven, that one of the languages that we have for the coming of Mashiach, we want for Mashiach to come, we want for the Shechina, for the divine presence to be revealed and to have a Bakavadik place in this world. So it's called Sukkas David Hanifelis, the Sukk of David that has fallen. So that description of the Sukk of David that has fallen, that's a description of the Shechina in Galas. So he says like this, Malchus means the Malchus means the Malchus of Hashem, Nikris Sukkas David Hanifelis. Why is it called the one that fell? Because through our verse, the 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 Shechina has 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 descended in Galus, and Hashem's covet is in Galus. So we were the ones through our verse brought Galus. So we have to raise, uh, we have to rebuild that sukkah with our Maisun Taivim. Our verse take down the sukkah. And our mitzvahs raise up the sukkah. Okay. Vim came. So said the Riyakadish like this. So said the Rizal, there's a problem. And again, what, what he's hinting to is this problem of bi'ita achishana. If you want to just wait for bi'ita, okay, you wait. But if you want to actually build up the sukkah and make Mashiach come early, then there's a problem. The only people that can harness this power of Shemitah, like, like I mentioned before, he describes them as Tzadik and Gemurim, Asher Nishmesem Kedoshes Utahiris, that their Nishamas are holy and pure, Sheishtem Kach Lalas Admakim Ima, and that's the language that the Rizal, that the Rizal uses, that their Nishamas are so pure and holy that they're connected and they're able to ascend to that place, that Madrega that's called Ima, that's called the Mother. Again, we're not getting to the Kabbalah terms right now, maybe next week we'll go back to explain what that means. But again, what the Rizal is saying is that Nishamas that are holy and pure and have this unbelievable spiritual strength so they could be the ones to do this they could be the ones to make the sukkah built without it waiting for the right time for, for, you know, for just to happen on its own to do it preemptively and, and early you have to have big neshamas for that and because these neshamas are very rare so galas takes a long time because it's very very few neshamas that, are, that, that have such a potential if you had people and a significant amount of people that had neshamas like that, the Mashiach would come quickly. You could have a, you could have an achishana. But the reason why it hasn't happened yet is because neshamas that could access that strength, that kayach of, of achishana, and connect to that shemitah quality, like I mentioned before, very rare. But due to our own flaws and so on, we don't have neshamas like this. So that the Mashiach takes a long time, and where it seems like we're waiting for Beita. Ukemat roiv haroiz vatsaris, and Akkidekach the Rizal says that most of the difficulties in Tsaris of Galas, Habayis Aladim, that come to a person, is because of this problem that we don't have Neshamas that are strong enough spiritually to, uh, to make Achishan. Amnam us, that's a terrible thing, so what's the Yetzah? Amnam, al kolze yesh ksastikum. So this is where Rizal gives the Pesach. The Rizal says there is, a, there is a little bit of a tikkun that even for the average neshama, 
right? The average Yid could access this Inyan of Achishana that usually, that normally should take a big Neshama, but even an average Neshama can do it. Through a person saying Krishna. Through the mitzvah of Krishna. That's the context of what he's talking about over there. Through the mitzvah of Krishna. That by being kind of the mitzvah of Krishna properly, which comes with thinking about being Moisir Nefesh for Hashem and so on, and saying Krishna, that's a way how every Yid can access this Inyan of Achishana. Even if a person, forget not having a big neshama, a person doesn't have any mitzvahs, not nothing. And the person has a virus, a wondrous amount of a virus. Through having in mind to dial Kiddush Hashem, when you say Kriyishma, all of one's virus are forgiven, that's already Kedai to know. And you could access that strength of big neshamas, to go to that place of Ima, whatever that is, to access Achishana and to bring Mashiach early. That's the Yisai. So that's what the Rizal says. So this is what we're going to try to figure out for the next little bit, at least to begin the Sugya, which is, okay, what exactly is this Kayach of, of Achishana, of Shmi, of Shviyas? And that, like the Rizal says, normally it would take only big Neshamas to do that. And what is this Indian of Kriyashma that even the average person can, uh, can accomplish that? Okay. So the way, the, the derech that we're going to take is, uh, eventually we're going to make our way to the Vilna Gain, I would hope, but the, the path is going to be through the Baltanya. So there's a number of places in the Baltanya's writings where, where, again, I can't say he talks about this in particular, but a certain subject comes up, and, and I think it's uh, very, very relevant. Okay, so Marmokka number two. This is a piece from the Baltanya in Torah. The piece is Sefer on, uh, on Chumash, on Breshis and Shemais. So this goes back to the very beginning of Chumash. As everyone knows the story that Adam and Chava, okay, they're, they're told not to eat from the Yitzhadas. They eat from the Yitzhadas. And then the Rabbi Hashem says, oh, now that they ate from the Yitzhadas, and now they're mortal, right? So Hashem says, as the Pasuk says, Hashem says, now that, now that they're mortal, they know Taiv and Ra and so on. So now, Pen Yishlach Yodai, maybe he's going to go and eat from the Yitzhachayim and he'll live forever. So what does Hashem Yisbrach do? So Hashem kicks him out of Gan Eden, puts up Malachim there to, to block the entrance back into Gan Eden. And so now he won't be able to eat from the Yitzhachayim. So the Baltanya over there in Parshas Bracious is dealing with the following question. What's so bad if the Yitzhah and Yitzhah I mean, The Rabbanu wanted us to live forever, right? So fine, we made a mistake. We ate from Yitzhah Das, and now Nebuch, we're mortal. But that was, that was not the Rabbanu intention. He wanted us to live forever. So what's so bad if we eat from Yitzhah now? No, now the Yitzhah was off limits. The Yitzhah wasn't off limits before. The Yitzhah Das was off limits. Now that there's, now we ate from Yitzhah Das, now the Yitzhah is off limits. What's the problem? So the Baltanya says like this. The Baltanya says, a little bit of introduction, he says as follows, even before Adam Eifne Yitzadas, there certainly was such a thing as Ra in the world. There was the Nachash, right? The, the, the Nachash didn't come after the Yitzadas. The Nachash was there, which means there was such a thing as Ra in the world. Not only was there such a thing as Ra in the world, but there was an, the, the, whatever Aravaita is, like I described before, of being mal and etzutzah kedusha to raise up sparks of kedusha, Adam and Chava had to do that too. No, they, they, the, 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 you know, they were in the big leagues and we're in the minor leagues, so they were doing it on a much higher and more intense level, the chulu, and it was, and you know, and what their avaida, and what they had to do to raise these sparks is different than what we have to do now. But they also had this avaida. So, said the Baltanya, so what exactly changed now that they ate from the Yitzhadas? It's not that now that there's evil in the world. There was always evil in the world. And it's not like now there's an Avaida that you have to contend with evil and raise up Kedusha and do mitzvahs and not do a virus. That was also true. 
So what exactly changed? It's that we're now mortal. But what's the cause of that? It's external to Ah, oh. so it says the Baal like this. So the Baal says, once Adam and Chava ate from the Eitzadas, so v'nis'arev bara, v'nis'arev bara, the Baal again, before this, and he has larger arichas about this, but this is the essential difference. So the Baal before the eating of the Eitzadas, of course there was ra, and of course there was avoida, but ra and evil and hester ponim and and all, everything associated with the Nachash was external. It was something that Adam and Chava conceptualized, and like they understand conceptually such a thing as Ra, but it wasn't a Nitiyas nefesh. it wasn't something that was inside of them that they were drawn to. It wasn't part of their, their consciousness, in truth. It was uh, something that you think about, you learn about. If I learn about the astronomy and so on, so it's an idea, I don't become a star. You know? But by Adam and Chava, by eating of the Eitzadas, then Toiv Ra became part of their essence. In other words, every... In other, in other words, because they ate from the Eitz Adas then every single page, right, of life that they're going to have to contend with, and all the Eitz Aras and difficulties that come in that page, this is now an internal struggle. And what they're now having to do in that particular page is not just deal with an outside force. They're now, they now have to grapple with an, with an inner confusion and an inner dialectic and an inner pull to do, do different ways, and it becomes much more of an internal avoida. That's so. It, it was this, though. It is true that before the Das also they would have to contend with Ra, and they would have to, uh, uh, you know, do mitzvahs and and uh, and allow potential of every moment to be manifest and to be and to materialize, hundred percent. But the struggle and and who they're contending with and who's who's pulling against that was all external. Comes the, after the Yitzhadas, it's an internal struggle. And, and the Ra that every page also has before it's, it's, it's worked through is, starts off as a part of Adam and Chava themselves. Das, is kashus. Das is kashus, right? Yitzhadas, Tevira. Oz Amar, so says, so said the Baltanya, after, again, Achashir Kfar Toam, Yitzhadas, Tevira, Venis Arev Bara, and Ra became mixed up in Adam, now the Rabbanu Shalom says, Now I don't want him to eat from Eitzachayim. Why? Because now that Adam and Chav have been redefined and reoriented, their entire makeup has now become, you know, all, all the Ra of every single page that they would ever experience is now a part of them. There's something about the Eitzachayim, we're not going to go into this so much right now, but there's something about that tree, that in the Eitzachayim, which it, it would cause things to, be, to live forever. This is not just a matter of uh, the body living forever. Whoever is eating it, that's forever. That's a forever to moment. And so if now the Adam and Chava are made up of this Indian of Toiv and Ra, and they eat from the Eitzachayim, then they will be always remaining uh, uh, this, this mixture together, forever. And that's not the intention at all. In other words, what we'll see in a second, this inyo of the Eitzachaya means an unbelievable influx of divine energy and chiyas and power and life. But, but who is that life given to? So before the chayt, then all Adam is, is taif. So then, then who's receiving the chayim is taif. But now that Adam and Chava are mixed up between Taiv and Ra, now who's receiving that Taiv is not just the Taiv, the, 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 the Chaim is not just the Taiv, but it's also the Ra. So he says, and this would be the opposite of the Rabbanu Shalom's you know, that's, that's the opposite of, of the Tachlis. Of the what we want is, that there should not be any death. 
and death is, an, is a derivative of Ra, she of Yarta Hara, we want to get rid of Ra, Kamaimer, Barisha Kulat Koshantich, like we see in Davin by Yom Narayim, we want evil to, to dissipate. Shazayil Maisa Mashiach, and that's what uh, we're working towards, uh, towards Mashiach, to get rid of Ra, page by page. So now, that's what the Baltania says. Now he continues. And this, this, this process of now being unable to receive the, the immense influx of divine light and energy that's called Eitzachayim, because of all the Ra that we're mixed up with, this now defines the Avaida going forward. Throughout the entire period of Golas, who So now it's not just a matter, we can't just sit back and draw light into our lives, because when we draw light into our lives, guess what? Where, where's it going? It's going into good places, but it's also going into bad places. So a prerequisite or a partner with that light that we draw down is that we first have to go through a process that's called birurim, of sifting, of clarifying ourselves, of getting rid of evil. And once we get rid of evil, so now, then, then you could experience something good through your avoida. But it has to be in such a way. And this is how it has to be. After we ate from Eitzadas, and it becomes, and we became mixed up with Ra. So now you have to go through a process of birurim. I'll, uh, till, till the evil is, uh, is, is, is removed. And that's what, it, that's what it means. In other words, the process that I mentioned, that I described before of what? Of, 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 of extracting from every particular moment, that's absolutely necessary now because if you don't go through that process and you just bring light, so then it's, it's, it's going to, uh, it, 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 that light is going to be uh, used by all, by all of one's kaychas, including the Yitzhara too. So he brings down an interesting Zayah. The Zayah says, Gabi Rabacha, Amaisa with Rabacha, Mikvar Tarsha, Mechaper Tarsha. The Zayah says, Amaisa, that Rabacha, Shakiber Biktoiris, Amokim Shayanogav. So the Zayah says a story that there was this particular place where there was a plague, and Rabacha, in order to get rid of the plague, he, he burnt Ketairis. Not Ketairis of the Besamegdash, this is after, but he burnt the Ketairis, some Avoida, on some level, to get rid of the Negev, to get rid of the plague. For Omrulai, and it was told to Rabacha, that what he did is not helpful. Because the people there are still full of Averis. I mean, whatever, you know, so he didn't, he didn't fix anything. What all Rabacha did was bring Chaim. But you're bringing Chaim to what place? To people that are mixed up with Taiv and Ra. So then they're just going to continue on living, but they're continue, But but what's being enlivened by that uh, by by Rabacha was not just the tithe, but also the ra. This and tshuva. Us, if they did tshuva and they got rid of the ra that's inside of them, okay, fine. But now without that, then it's impossible. And this is what the Rebbeinu does to Adam. He kicks him out of Gan Eden, and by kicking him out of Gan Eden, you know, to to do avoid it means so what the Balatani is telling us is as follows, is that what, we're, what we see from this story of Adam and Chav is the following program, <clears throat> that while there is a, while there is a mixture of Toiv and Ra within the person, let, 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 let's put it this way, let me, let me explain. The, the the reason why here let, let let's take a step back. Let me take a step back and I'll explain a little bit more. 
So until now, we've, we, I've re- referenced this idea of this like Shemitah Dikah program, right? Of bringing, of somehow being able to have things early, of taking care of things early. So oh, the way to think of it would be, would be as follows. We, the Rabbana Shalmeid is in such a way that we are stuck within the confines of time, right? That's why the concept of, of the Shemitah, of things, of Achishan is, is beyond our, our, our ability to, to comprehend. We're stuck in, we're, we're in the world of Gvul. We're in the world of finite reality, right? And finite reality means it's, it's, one, it's 801, it's not 802. And yeah, if you want to get to 803, you've got to wait another minute. You know what I'm saying? We're in the world of Gvul. This idea, this idea of there being the possibility of things happening early before it's time, what means the following idea? It, it demands a light, so to speak, entering into our world that's completely coming from above. Let me put it to you this way. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, a rule in the Svarim as follows. It's a famous Lashen, which is as follows. de That when we want, when we want something from above to come, when we want the Ravon Shalom's Shefa, good things, Bracha and Kedusha, to come into our lives, the general rule is we have to initiate it down here. We have to initiate it down here. You do something down here, and it, it's a rusa del sata. You, there's an awakening from below, and the male that 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 uh, triggers an awakening from from above. Whenever that process, that, see, when you go with that program, then even the light that is triggered from above is 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 working within the confines of of limitations of below, because it's that's where it's starting from. So whenever we are trying to bring Kedusha and Shefa into our world, if the process is going to be initiated from us below, then automatically the Kedusha that's going to come into our lives is going to be within the program of limitation. Which means as follows, that in order for Kedusha and for Elokus to come into the world in this way of Achishana, then somehow it cannot start with us initiating it down here. Because if we're initiating it down here, it means that whatever's coming above is going to be limited to our constraints. And, and we are very much constrained to 801, and we're not up to 802. So if we do our avoid of 801, it means that whatever, whatever we do down here in 801, if, what's, if what spiritually then happens in the universe if it's being caused by Aravaida, it's only going to be an 801 Dikya experience, even in the higher world. And so what does it mean, this idea of Shemitah, of there of, of their being this idea of things happening early? That would require the following concept, which is a light coming from above, so to speak, things happening in, in the world that's not dependent on us. That's not dependent on us. That's coming mamish from above. Uh, and here's the problem. If that were... T- so, so, so what we're going to see is as follows, is that there is something... There, there, is, there is this idea of us being able to allow... This idea of a light, of, of, of there being his iris melomala, of, of something happening, of tikkunim, of fixing, of, of light entering into the universe, so to speak, from above without us activating it, if that were to happen, then you're right. Then, then all at once, 801, 802, 803, it could all be taken care of because the entire limitation of 801 and you have to wait till 802, that's all from our perspective. 
that's all lasata, that's all from below. But if there can be an Isarusa de la Ela, an awakening from above, something happening from above that is it, that is not being triggered by us, but it's happening automatically, then it's not going to be limited just to 801 and 802. It could happen. It's Lamalam Hagul. It could be happening all the time. It could be happening right away. What we're going to... This... But, but here, but, and, and, here's the, and here's the problem. Herein lies the problem. If that were to happen... It, and and uh, let me give you an example. And we'll see, we'll see soon. We'll, see, we'll speak more about this next week. And again, I'm, I'm giving a little bit early because it's a hard idea. There is a mechanism in place. There is a certain... There is a certain aspect of Yiddishkeit that we actually do have the ability to allow such a thing to take place. Chazal say the following Lashen. Chazal say Lashen that when you compare Torah versus Tefillah, Chazal say Tefillah is called Chai Shah and Torah is called Chai Olam. What, when, we, when a person learns Torah, so Torah, you can look at it in two ways. It's a mitzvah. It's, a, you know, like it, we have many mitzvahs. You have a mitzvah that's, you know, uh, not to wear shadness. It's a mitzvah to learn Torah. But there's another way of viewing Torah. Torah is not only just a mitzvah. Torah is also a, a entire... Um, uh, Torah could also be seen as a, as a system of, of, of fixing, of going through... Again, like I said, like I said the, whole, the whole purpose of Gauls is to fix, is to go through page by page by page and to work our way to Geula. There are two modes for that. There's a type of process which is uh, a process which, again, is initiated from below, and then the fixing that takes place is automatically limited to our construct of 801, and then 802, and then 803. That's called the mahalach, that's called davening, that's called tefillah, it's called chayisha. Davening in this context means more than just davening, it means all avoida, we're going to speak about this more next week, more in detail. This is more just the general introduction, and I know that it's a little bit out there, but just bear with me. So there, there's a that that is fundamentally being done by us and the Rabbani Shalom is responding. That's a process of birur. That's a process of fixing, of going through page by page, of going through golas, which is limited to us. It's limited by us and it's going, and therefore it's 801, 802. That's automatically a bi'ita. But there is an Indian that's called tire. When a person learns Torah, then the, the, the way, the, then then what can be accomplished in that way is not that you are triggering something, and then a tikkun is happening in that moment. You are allowing into the world a light from above, a light that's happening from above. Mm-hmm. What 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 does happen when a person learns? When a person learns, so you're just learning about what the Rebbeinu says. You're not coming up. You're you're, you're, you're trying to understand the Rebbeinu Shlom's ratzon. You're just allowing the Rabbana Shalom's will to come into the world. Torah is, a, Torah is a process in which a light that's above constraint and above restriction is able to do its thing, is able to make tikkunim, is able to do its thing. And because of that, it's not therefore limited to 801, 802. The process of Achishana is to, instead of the tikkun, instead of birurim happening through us, just allow the light to ascend, to descend from above. Let the Rabbana do his thing. Let a light come. So one second. Yeah, one, one second. Yeah, so let me just, it's, let me just say, it's like this. So when, when, when you... Th- th- this is the difference between Torah and Tefillah. Now, mm-hmm. 
the the reason why the 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 the, pro, the this program that's called Torah, allowing the light of Tikkun, allowing the light of of uh, of of, uh, of the Rabbanu Shalom to come in his terms. So on the one hand, that's an unbelievable mila because now you're not stuck with 801, 802. It could happen quickly because the Rabbanu Shalom is above Gavul and it's not being triggered and it's not being initiated by people that are Bali Gavul. But here's the problem. The problem is exactly the problem with Adam and Chava after the sin. There is so much pollution within the human being that if it's, if it's coming without us initiating it, without us working through our inyanim of 801, of 802, of 803, then all that light comes and, it, 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 without, and it's going to give energy to the, the Yitzhar as well. In other words, so this, this, is, this is the problem. The problem is, is that the, 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 maybe I've been off more than I can show, I'll be honest with you. But the, the, the problem is as follows. If the process of Bira, of Tikkun, there's two, there's, two, there's two avenues in which Tikkun can take place. Either it's an avenue in which it starts off with us sifting through our inyanim, of getting rid of Ra. And if it starts off with us getting rid of Ra and trying to, and we're initiating the Avaidah of what 801 requires. So then on the one hand, then what results from that, from above, is now going to be healthy and pure and we're going to be able to receive it because we work through Everything that 801, everything that, that everything that now 801 is, has been purified. We've, we were Oymah B'ni Sain. We did our, our mission. We got rid of the Ra of 801. And now the Chef of 801, of 801 can come. So on the one hand, if that's the approach, so fine. So then whatever comes in 801 is Gavaldic. It's healthy and pure and, it's, and it doesn't have any spillover. But on the other hand, the only thing that's going to come to us is 801. If we're the ones initiating it, because we're stuck in 801. On the other hand, there's another approach which is called Tyra, which is I'm not initiating anything. I'm just allowing the light of the Rabbanishim to come into the world. Now, if I'm just allowing the Rabbanishim's light to come into the world, then the Rabbanishim is not limited to 801. Then he, in one foul swoop, can bring a shefa, can bring light that is for 801, 802, 803, finished. But on the other hand, if it's not being initiated by our Avaidah of Bira, of sifting through, of clarifying, of of working through our inyanim, then when that light comes, it's coming to everything that, 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 to everything that we have, which is both Taiva and Ra. Either way, we're limited. Either way, we are limited. We limit. We, we, so either, exactly, exactly. So this is the problem. So one second. So when, when Adam and, this is what the Baltanya is alluding to with the problem of, of Adam after the sin. Adam after the sin Adam after the sin now is forced into a cycle in which in order to allow light into the world, it has to be initiated from below. It has to start off with Adam working through, sifting the, the, the moment and go in and, and being of, 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 of getting rid of the Ra of that particular moment and connecting to a good, uh, something good. And then there could be light that enters into that moment. Oh, and now you can move on to the next page. But because that's the process, and it has to be so, because otherwise the page, the, 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 you know, because otherwise there's Ra in the page. But then again, the problem is that the light that's coming into the world is only from that page, and it doesn't move on. This is the problem. 
So that's the issue. Can we, can we plug in the the um, <coughs> cook's Varto? Let's try to work through this. Let's try to work through this. So he says like this. So he, let, 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 a little bit more. Ach tzarach lohavin. So he says. So he says the Balatani like this. So he says like this. Then a third paragraph. Ach tzarach lohavin. Now we have to explain. Now everything I just said, he's going to read through it a little bit quick. Ach tzarach lohavin. Now we have to understand. Echayim etchila kavanasi isparach again. Before Adam sinned, before Adam knew and internalized Ra, so said the Baal like this, and before Adam sinned, how would the Tikkun have taken place? So he says like this, it will be as follows, before Adam and Chavis sinned, the Tikkun had a different possibility. It could have happened just an influx of light from above. Because who, where is that light going to? It's going into Adam and Chav, who are people that are pure. So before Adam and Chav sinned, you had the, the ability and you had the, the, the right to choose the model of just being open and allowing the Rabbanu to do his thing. That's called eating from the Yitzchak. That's called Yitzchayim. Yitzchayim Eitz is called Tyre, right? Yitzchayim ilamachzikimba. So again, we'll speak about that maybe more next week as well. But this idea of, again, these two paths, of us initiating down here, which requires starting off with birur, with sifting and, and, and conquering evil and overcoming obstacles and so on, that is a necessary approach now that we've sinned. But again, because of that, there's a catch-22. Now the shefa that's coming and the, 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 the response from above to, you know, after our initiation to then allow us to move on to the next page is limited to that particular page because we're the ones initiating it and we're stuck in 801. We can't get past that. But before Adam and Chavis sinned, the possibility was, as he says, just to bring light into Gan Eden, just to bring infinite light, infinite light, beyond 801, right? Infinite light into their world. Like they read with his galas ha'ar, and through such an influx of light, then automatically there would be all the sparks of every single moment would have been raised up. They were mixed up in evil, but as long as the evil is outside of them, then Adam and Chava are able to experience that light and all the Nitzutzi Kedusha will be uplifted without, it being, without having any negative effects. And all those sparks will be gathered together in this you know, overwhelming light that is brought that Adam and Chava bring into the world. Now he gives an example. Kiner b'fnei havuka, like a candle in front of a huge torch. So he says like this. I never tried this out, but this is what he says. Shimavuka kitana. If you have a if you have a, a small torch, you have a small torch. Azai hanera samachla yuchlalba. If you have a torch, he says, then a small little candle in front of it will become attached. The flames will attract the the, the small little flame will become attracted to the big to the big torch. And, but if the torch is only small, then if you move, if you, uh, move away the, the candle a little bit, then it won't, it won't have that effect. So, because the torch is only small. But if you have a very, very large torch, then even if the flame is, is with a distance, the flame of the little candle will still be uh, schlepped towards the big torch. So, so that that so knows that that would have been the approach 
before Adam and Chav, before Adam and Chav is sent. Allow a big light into the world, and that big light, it will gather together all the sparks that are scattered amongst time, and it'll take care of itself. And there won't be any, any flaws with that, because again, Adam and Chav themselves are pure. And so they could receive that light without it causing any, any damage. But now that Adam and Chav has sinned, that approach, the is, is closed off. But now the Baal Tanya introduces us to the following idea, that even though Adam and Chav has sinned, and, the, and that approach, as it would have been on the level of Adam and Chav, is no longer, but it's not completely out of, out of possibility. It's not completely out of possibility. Arkadekach, the Baal Tanya says, that there was times in history where such an approach of allowing a, of, of, of choosing a path of allowing, of, of the path of Torah, so to speak, of allowing a light from above to come into the world and allowing that light to gather sparks that are beyond the limited scope of time and space that it would have been limited to if it was initiated by us, there were times in history that was still a possibility, albeit maybe not to the extreme degree as it was Adam and Chav before the sin. But to a certain degree, yes. Says the Baltani like this. Said the Baltani, during the times of the first Beis HaMikdash, then this process, this, this, uh, this uh, avenue of Tikkun, which is not through our own initiation, and therefore not limited to our limitations of time and space, but rather the avenue of allowing light of the Rabbanu Shalom into the world through, the light, through Torah learning, right? as we'll, we'll speak about that more next week, how exactly to do this, but allowing the light of the Rabbanu Shalom into the world and therefore the light being unlimited in terms of t- time and space and allowing that light to gather the sparks and the candles, right? Now it's like the example that he gave of a big torch, like a huge torch just automatically attracts all the sparks from around it. So this was a possibility during the times of the, of the Beis HaMikdash. How do I know? So it says about Tanya, Shariyar M'chazel. Because Chazel say, Chazel say that the whole reason why we went into Golis is because we go from country to country and we gather converts. So it says about Tanya, what are these converts? It doesn't just mean people to, physical people to become Geir. It means these sparks. Some sparks are found in people. But it means the purpose of Golis is to go from country to country, and these sparks are not just contained in different moments in time. They're also contained in different places on earth. So it says about Tanya, So understand, the in order for Mashiach to come, we have to gather sparks, which means that there's sparks at every moment, so there has to be, we have to go through time, but there's also sparks in different places, we have to go through different locations. But what would have been if we didn't do Averis and we, when we still have the base of Mikdash? So how would those sparks be raised? So says the Baal the answer is, it must be that during the times of the base of Mikdash, although we, Adam and Chava were no longer allowed to eat from the Eitzachayim, so even though we were cut off from that approach, but the, it's not completely off limits. It's off limits on the level that Adam and Chava could have done it. But now that we're not in Gan Eden anymore, in our, on our Madrega, such, such a process is possible. And said the Baal The times of the Beis HaMikdash, the Avoida was, allow the light of God into the world to such an intense degree that automatically the, the light is not limited 
to the, the constraints of time and space. And the male of the sparks that are found at the ends of the universe are able to be gathered by this intense light that comes in. So he says like this, And that's in fact what happened, at least to a certain degree, a limited amount, but by the times of the first base of Megdash, Shlaim was king, and all the nations of the world came to listen to his Chachma, and they came to Eretz Yisrael. Right, the, the, the queen of Sheba, right? She comes and she wants to hear about Shlomo wisdom and so on. It was such a big torch by the times of the first base of Migdash that that light was so was so inf- was so transcendent that it was able to gather. It was able to force sparks in farther places to be drawn to that light. So, and the reason for that is, is because this light that was being, uh, that was being brought by the times of the first base of Migdash was not being brought by us. It was not being initiated by us. We were just allowing it to come. Again, this is what we're saying, is that the process of tikkun and the process of uplifting spark by spark, there, there, there are these two approaches. Again, approach number, number one is, let the Rabbani Shalom do it. Let the light of the Rabbani Shalom enter into the world. And when that happens, then the Rabbani Shalom is not contending with Ra. The Rabbani Shalom is just sending in light. And this light is so intense and so transcendent and so above the limitations of time and space that all the sparks will just be attracted to it. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that if the people that are, that are experiencing this light are themselves so mixed up with Taiv and Ra, then guess what? With all those sparks being drawn to that torch, all the eight Zaharas and all the Tumas are also being drawn to that torch. And so you'll have an unbelievable, an even more uh, intense mixture of Taiv and Ra. <clears throat> so therefore, B'derach Klal, this approach is, uh, is difficult for us. So what's the other Mahalach? The other Mahalach is, the Rabbanu is not doing it at all. We're the ones that have to initiate, and the Rabbanu is just responding. And because we're the ones to initiate, so what does that look like? It means, us mamish going through Avoidah, and, and first and foremost, sur meirah, and then vasei sifting through good, sifting through bad, finding that spark, isolating it, you know, overcoming the tests and the temptations of that moment of 801, and only choosing the spark, only choosing the good, and then the Rabbanu Shalom will say, ah, oh, now it's, uh, you did your avayda, the Rabbanu Shalom will send light, but now the light is only going to the spark, because you've, You've made room. You've cleared everything away. But because you're the ones that initiate, are initiating, so now the only light that's coming is a light of 801. And so this is, so, so in other words, what the Balatanya is, 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 however, slowly but surely introducing us to is that that original approach of the torch approach, let's call it, right? Of that huge light coming, a transcendent light, and us just not getting in its way, was even though it was closed off after Adam and Chavis sinned, but says the Balatanya, but not completely. By the times of the Beis Hamikdash, that was still the, the possibility. That was still the possible approach. And he says, as, and this is what we're going to experience. All the nations will follow us. And by the times of the first Beis Hamikdash, that could have happened with this uh, torch approach. The Adam That's what would have been on a much grander and deeper scale before Adam and Chavis sinned as well. <clears throat> but now after the sin, so now the process has to come from our initiation. That's called davening. Davening is davening is a 
it doesn't just mean davening three times a day. That's a, a code. That's a, uh, it's symbolic of this entire approach of what? Of things starting from below. Of things starting from below. And with things starting from below, it means it begins with us isolating the good and, and choosing good. And then the Rebbe responds. That's called Chayisha, life of the moment. The light that comes as a response to davening is a light that's of that particular moment. Of that particular moment, that's what's going on. But what the Balatanya just did introduce us to is again that this approach was accessible even after the Chet Yitzadas. It was accessible by the times of the first base of Megiddo. It was accessible at that time. Now, what's interesting is just the last one Malkam will end with this, and Bez Hashem continue will become more clear next week. Is that the Lubavitcher Rebbe in this last piece? It's a whole tire over here. The Rebbe explains this is what was also going on in last week's parsha with the conflict, machlekes, whatever it is, between you know when my, when bnei Gad and bnei Ruvin, chatzis sheiv and Menashe come to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say we want to be in the Eved Hayarden. So Moshe says like well, Moshe didn't want that. He wanted Wolf Klaisel to be in Eretz Yisrael. What was the issue? So he says because the bnei Gad and bnei Ruvin, chatzis sheiv and Menashe were saying that we have to remain outside of Eretz Yisrael because the sparks of kedusha that we feel. Our, our, our responsibility in this place, we have to be in this place to do it. You know, as they said, we have a lot of cattle and so on, and this place suits us. In other words, what they were saying is that this place is where there are sparks in this place that we have to elevate. So Moshe says, okay, but go to Eretz Yisrael and bring a torch of light that's so intense, and Mimele, it'll come. And B'nai Godem Ruven were saying, we're not holding by that. We're too mixed up with, you know, we have too much Ra inside of ourselves to use that approach. And so this was the back and forth between Moshe and B'nai Gad of B'nai In other words, what we're being introduced to is the following idea, is that, and this, as I said, next, next week we'll go back, we'll, we'll, we'll continue with this, is that just as this approach of a torch, so to speak, is able to gather sparks from a distant place, it's also able to gather sparks from a distant, from a distant time. And so we now have, at least, again, just the words. Next week we'll see more in practicality. But now at least we have the words of what type of mechanism is conceptually in place to allow an achishana. And that mechanism is as follows. Choosing a path in Avodah Hashem which is oriented towards allowing the Rabbani Shloylam to do it himself. And not for you to initiate, but to make space for the Rabbani Shloylam to do it. And when the Rabbani Shlom does it, then he's not limited to time, and he's not limited to space. And that's what's called, that's what's called Shemitah. What, is, what does it mean, Shemitah, practically? Shemitah means, I'm not working my field. Field means, you're avayda. That means below. That means an awakening from below. Shemitah says, no. Let the Rabbani Shlom do it. And that was the approach before the Chait. And that, to a certain degree, was also the approach during the times of the first base of Megdash. And that is the only approach that will allow achishana, that allows sparks to be elevated that are in distant places without having to go there, or in distant times without having to wait to those moments. But here's the problem. The problem is, that's a very dangerous thing. Because if it's happening without us first sifting through those moments then when that light comes, it's coming to everything that's contained in those moments, including, including uh, negativity as well. And so if you're, talk, if you're holding by like an Adam and Chava before the sin, so then you're anyway pure. And that's fine. Or maybe if you're holding by the first base of Migdash, 
or go back to the Arizal, where the Arizal said, right, you have big neshamas, big neshamas that are kedoshim utahirim, then they barely have any internal struggles anyway. So all the sparks of Kedusha that, that, that can be drawn uh, you know, to, towards this light that they bring into themselves, it's all good anyway, because nothing in, their, in, their, in themselves is anyway mixed up with too much bad. But here's the problem, and that the reason I'll point it out, is that but if you're the average guy or the average girl and you've got a lot of inyanim inside of you, then if you choose this approach of allowing light from above just to descend, then unless you wait till 8.03 and to work through the problems of 8.03, then when the light comes mm-hmm. and it comes to 8.03, then it's coming to all the problems of 8.03 too. And so this is what the reason I pointed out, is that if you don't have a big neshama like that, then, then, then you're very limited. So what we're going to see next week is an explanation of what the Rizal said is that there is a way for an average Jew to do this, and that's called Kriyashma. Yeah. That's what we're going to see Hashem, next week, what this means, and other tires that come from this, from Maishar Benu, and so on, other, other, other circuits that come. But this is, again, this is more of a again, general introduction. Hashem, next week, I promise, I'll uh, make it make it a little more simple. I bring it down to earth and make it practical. Okay, Bez Hashem. But should be zeicha to have it b'achishan already.